Hey, you're just starting the Trek Off podcast now, so it's a good time for you to subscribe to a new podcast, too. The Totally Super Podcast is me and my good friend Arthur reviewing every single superhero movie ever made. That's right. It's called Totally Super. It's put out by Geeks Radio. It's like Trek Off, but for superhero movies. Maybe not quite so dirty, but it's still fun. So check out Totally Super. Search for it right now. Whatever you're listening on right now, whatever you found Trek Off on, just use that to find Totally Super and subscribe. Okay, enjoy Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin, and today we're doing another solo show. Um, we were all set up to do a Ready Player One review tonight with me and Alexia, but we weren't able to get it all together in time to give you the review that you need, and this is one we got to do right, right? We've been talking about this movie for ever. So we have it scheduled later this week to record our Ready Player One review as soon as it's recorded. I will post it right away. So that is what's going on there. But in the meantime, couldn't just not do anything. So what we did instead is I went on Facebook and I did a Facebook live uh, video, which you can find if you go on, look me up, Justin Timpain on Facebook, you will see that I did a live video right there and, uh, and had some conversations and that is what we did. We've got 40 minutes of just talking about all sorts of stuff like Buffy and Sabrina and Doctor Who and Star Trek and Discovery and all sorts of good stuff. So it's a, it's a great episode. It's pretty fun to listen to. <coughs> I will warn you that there are quite a few times that I'm like, okay, come on, let's hear some more questions. And that does happen. Other than that, it's a super fun episode and I hope you enjoy it. Okay. Here's Trek off. Hey everyone. Uh, it's me. I'm, uh, here tonight doing uh, another solo trek off. Um, spoke to Alexia just a few minutes ago. May actually be able to get together and do uh, our Ready Player One review, which is what we're supposed to be doing uh, tonight. That is our hope. Uh, she's trying to get uh, some audio issues worked out on her end. Um, we got like in like through the like little greeting that we were going to do together and then, uh, had to sort of change plans and she tries to change her setup. So, um, we may have to go, Hey, James Robinson's, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, our super fan, Jane Rob James Robinson is on James time for you and I to have a talk. Uh, so stick around because what we're doing right now is, uh, is in lieu of having Alexia around to do this particular show, um, uh, I talked to her and to Mr. A, and we've decided that I'm going to do a solo Q&A, and then she and I will try and record on Wednesday. So that means that if you have any questions about Star Trek, about Marvel, about the X-Men, I'm wearing an X-Men shirt, if you have any questions about Star Wars, about almost anything, about me, um, about ninjas, about anything, pretty much except politics, uh, the last week, has been politically uh, harrowing for pretty much everyone in my feet, including myself. And I have been quite the political animal this week. And while I think that's important, um, that is not this show. So other than that, I invite all of you, uh, anyone who's watching, uh, anyone who chimes in to ask me anything and I will do my best to answer. Um, I will say uh, as we get started and I'll keep asking that. So please stay tuned if you're listening uh, and you're waiting for me to answer. Uh, oh, okay. First question. Dr. Who? Um, here's my thoughts. It's not available to me until tomorrow. Uh, we're listening to this. So what just happened today was that Jodie Whittaker just, just did her first uh, episode as, as the doctor and Dr. Who just came out today um, across the world, across America came out for people who have TV. 
um, I am what they call a cord cutter in that I don't have live TV. I have a news service that I watch um, and everything else I get through Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. I'm going to have to purchase the Doctor Who episode tomorrow when it becomes available on Amazon, which I will purchase. Unfortunately, I will not be able to watch it tomorrow. So I'm probably going to end up watching it on Tuesday. Um, and we will let you know what I think about it on Tuesday. I will say this. I've seen the trailers for it. It seems different. I think different's good. I think you need to you know, kind of carve your own path. Um, this is me speaking based just on having seen the, seen the trailers. I'm okay with starting different and then weaving your way back to the familiar. I think that Peter Capaldi did that somewhat, that he started off in one place and by the end, the doctor that he was and the situation he was in, even down to and including having River Song, I think that that let you feel that he was the same as Tennant and as uh, Smith was. He felt like the same guy by the end, but he needed to be a very different person who would come, the, and the show needed to be very different from what had come before. Now, this is the first time since the beginning of the Matt Smith era that you had an absolute reboot, right? When Tennant showed up, he was carrying over from Eccleston, and when Capati showed up, he was carrying over from Smith. Um, this is the first time that you've had just a total, the companions are different, everything's different, since Matt Smith showed up with Amy Pond, and Matt Smith ended up being the most pulling back to the David Tennant era, even more than Capaldi pulled back from Matt Smith. So I think that for the new Doctor Who, my understanding is that it's very different. Um, I don't know if somebody can tell me, if spoiler alert, that there is no TARDIS. Did I hear that? Um, James, I know you're watching, so let me know in the text if that's the case. Um, I'm okay with it being different. I'm okay with it giving it like charting its own course uh, for Doctor Who. But I do think that eventually you need to rejoin the continuity. I really want to see uh, some continuity going forward. I really would love to see. I think there's a world in Doctor Who where you can revisit David Tennant and Rose in sort of the alternate universe. And I would love to see that. I think that'd be fun. Again, anybody watching, anybody listening right now, please chime in with your questions. We have lots of time tonight. We're just beginning what is going to be probably a 40-minute discussion about anything that you guys want to ask, anything in nerd uh, culture. Um, uh, I would be interested in talking about, like I said, comic books, uh, science fiction, Star Wars, myself, ninjas, anything like that. So uh, if you're just tune, tuning in, please go ahead and ask a question. So uh, James Robinson's continues to say, there's no theme tune to the end of the first episode of Doctor Who. Again, I get it, right? If you look at James Bond, if you look at Casino Royale, they didn't give you that, the, the, the familiar him walking across the gun barrel until the end. So I'm okay with it being different, but it needs to lead to some more familiar. Great question, James. Anybody who wants to come in, continue to uh, ask questions. I watched the trailer for the new season of Star Trek, and it looks really interesting. I've noticed that there are Klingons in it that look the way Klingons are supposed to look. I've noticed that the Klingons have hair. Yay! Um, I The bearded Spock, an interesting choice to have a third guy play Spock and have him factor in. Uh, I understand they couldn't get couldn't get the Spock from the movies. Maybe they didn't want him. Um, but I'm down. I'm down with the ex- accepting that as it is. What I'm happy about in seeing the trailer so far for the next season of Discovery is the use again of the primary colors. 
I understand what they were doing with the Discovery jumpsuits, but I would love to see more of the primary colors there. I think that that would be an interesting like nod to say, like, can you imagine the Discovery characters in the colors that you love from, know and love from Star Trek? Like, bring it there. We're ready for it. We're okay with it. That's what we want. So go ahead and give that to us. I hope that this, this is the beginning of a transition into... Um, a more Star Trekian vibe because I really like the writing. Uh, Stuart Foley says, "Hey, uh, uh, anybody who's just chewing in, this is a Q and A for Star Trek, uh, or rather for Trek Off here on uh, on Facebook Live that we are going to have for the the Trek Off show. This the audio for this is going to be on our Trek Off feed. Again, we're going to be doing uh, on Wednesday the more traditional Trek Off show. Hopefully, Trek Yards says hi. I would want to know from Trek Yards what you think of." the current uh of star trek discovery and your thought about that um going on i have always had a bit of a problem and alexia certainly more than i uh i've always had a a bit of a problem with the desire to yank so much into the continuity of you know captain pike and spock being such a big part of it, it does make the universe smaller you didn't need and I understand O'Brien ended up on Deep Space Nine, but that seemed more of a, like, it happened to be the case. I think that you need to have it tell its own story within the universe. But that's the thing. The Star Trek universe is something that I am in love with as a universe, even more than I'm in love with the characters. I really do want to see the universe progress. It's why I've always had a problem with the prequel concept, that I don't want to see the history of the universe. Like, the universe is only up to this point. Now we must explore and flesh out everything in the past. It's what makes me so excited about a Picard show, is that we're going to be seeing the future. Um, Stuart Foley from Trek Yards asked first, when is Trek Yards coming back on Trek Off, sir? Anytime you'd like, uh, we would love to have you on. Uh, we have been having connection issues with Alexi and I. Um, we're only been able to get like one show in so far in the last month. So we would love guests are good right now as we get the the audio and the connection stuff figured out. So yes, um, he also asks. We are optimistic. This is uh, Trek Yard's uh, comment on Discovery. We are optimistic about it. He says, looks like they are fixing some things and listening to the fans. Fingers crossed. Here's the thing. I understand the impulse to change the design of the Klingons. I'm sure that they were like, well, they did it last time when they went from the original series to the Klingons in the show and much more time has passed since like, since we've had that iteration of the Klingons. We're still really looking at a version of the Klingons that's from like 1982. Let's go on with, let, let's go on with, um, with a new redesign. I understand they probably hope that we would all be overjoyed about it. Of course we aren't. Um, so that was a big problem I had. But in terms of the story, Discovery really, you know, I went into it arms crossed, as did Alexei. We were like, from, from, from. I don't think that it's going to be very good. And little by little, they won us over with characters that I cared about, uh, the characters that were compelling to me, storylines that I felt were in some ways very Star Trekking, although I felt like that needed to be more exploration. It looks like that's the way that they're going with the upcoming seasons. So I think think that discovery might end up being the show that we wanted it to be in season two and let us remember let us not forget that that the original series was the only one that hit its stride from moment one next gen season one was it was often awful and ds9 season one lays a lot of groundwork for what's coming but there's still a lot of it's clunky. So if this is as good as Discovery is now, for that this show goes seven seasons. Can you imagine how good this show is going to be? Um, 
uh, Stuart Foley says, if you want to hear more about it, you can tune into Trek Yards, which has done an episode by episode review of this. Uh, love Tilly. Yes. Tilly rocks. James, Ro- James Robertson also writes Tilly rocked. Did you know that Tilly, uh, the, the actress uh, who plays Tilly, uh, went to my high school? Um, and is friends with people that I know from my high school. She walked the same boards at my high school that I did. Um, so I feel like we're connected. No, we're not connected. She she knows my name, and that's about it, if that is even true. Um, that being said, uh, hometown girl done good. She is the best thing on that show. I would love her even if she didn't go to my high school. She is real in a way that, and we said this on the show before, that I have not seen on Star Trek because she is me. She is of my friends. She is awkward and and nerdy and a nerdy character on Star Trek being portrayed as nerdy and, and dealing with what it's like to be nerdy is amazing. Being a fan, being a geek herself, the character is is representation of, of the viewer in the show. So we don't just have to look at them as heroes. We look at them as being like us. I think that that's wonderful. Um, I have not seen the first short Trek, The Runaway. Uh, I want to see what I've been seeing that I'm aware that it's happening. I have not renewed my subscription to CBS all access. So I will, uh, James Robinson asks, um, what do I think about Sabrina? I was not a fan. So I missed Sabrina the first time around. I missed the cartoon. I missed the show. I never read the Archie comics. I was not a big fan of Sabrina the first time around. The idea of doing Sabrina like they're doing Archie as, something dark and serious. I would be more into it as an idea if it was crossing over with Archie. I think that would have been really neat, but I don't think that they would do that. Um, I think that I can segue that into something else that I said earlier this week. And again, this is not going to become a political discussion because again, that's been done to death this week by me personally. If you want to look at my Facebook feed, goodness gracious, if you do, I'll lose half of you as listeners um, because I've been very vocal this week. But I will say this about... Uh, these sort of remakes. Buffy is also being remade. And until this week, I was I I was looking forward to it as an idea, especially as a continuation, because I want the universe to continue. But I was kind of arms crossed, frump, 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 about are they going to do a Buffy? And then I talked to a bunch of women this week who, for reference, this is the week that um, the Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh was confirmed and it was a time for those of you who are listening way in the future who maybe weren't as politically tuned in when it was happening of great distress centering around what is known as the Me Too movement um, about sexual assault and sexual assault surviving. Now, I don't want to get into that one because it can be a trigger for people listening, but two, because that is an argument that we can have in any other place. But I will say that I have seen whatever has come from this controversy and 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 situation that can be deemed positive is that people have come out and told their stories people i know have have come out and and felt empowered to share what they per, maybe beforehand wouldn't share and the sad thing is is that there are people who feel like they're not represented still in america and i am so heartened to see characters like Captain Marvel, like Ray and Jin in Star Wars, like uh, like Michael Burnham in Star Trek. I'm happy to see that progressing. But what I need to feel 
in TV that I'm not getting is something that specifically Buffy offered that, and, and that what that was is the voice of the young American girl growing up in the now and Buffy, the Buffy comics, which continue Buffy as an adult in the now, there are different struggles now that didn't exist before. Sexual assault has always existed, but being able to come out about it and then whether or not you respect that, I don't know that that has been tackled. And to see that tackled in metaphor, um, which is what Buffy did, right? Like this is a divisive time. This is a time that's, that's, that people on the two sides of the aisle can't hear each other. And what Star Trek and what Buffy did so well is they took concepts that were so dividing and said, okay, but if we put them in metaphor, then by putting, putting them in metaphor, we can distance you from it to the point where you maybe your own prejudice, maybe your own preconceived notions don't come into it. We talked about that a little bit when we talked last show about the Picard show coming, that we could use metaphor as a way to make people who don't want to listen to each other right now hear the humanity behind the situations. And I think that Buffy has, there's a place where Buffy could offer that or a Slayer based show. I don't want it to be a reboot necessarily Buffy, Buffy, but the story of a girl in high school fighting the evils of the world where high school, the, the metaphor of Buffy of course was that high school was hell. Well, what's it like now to be a girl growing up? What's the positives? Where are you more empowered girls of today than you were before? Where do you feel less empowered? Where, what is the definition of female empowerment now um, and where do we have to go? Buffy blazed a trail for where to go next and where is there yet to go? Um, and and the, the fact that the show is going to be run by a woman while Joss Whedon is, you know, I love Joss Whedon with all my heart and soul. Um, but the fact that the show is going to be executive produced by him, but then charted by a woman who grew up as a fan of Buffy. I love that idea in the now for that to be there for the girls of today. Now, that's going to seem like a biased point of view. And I want to tread really carefully because I know that there are people on both sides of the aisle that are fans of this show, of Trek Off. I do want to say that there are people in the world who, who feel like their voices aren't being heard. There are women in the world that I am very, very close to who have told me they don't feel like their voice is being heard. How great would it be if every week they could see a girl kicking ass, taking names, and dealing with metaphorical versions of the problems that face them in the world. <coughs> I think that show is empowering not only for the messages that it can send, but also as a release of, of, of I want to see that character exist in this world. So my that's my long-winded answer to your question about Sabrina. And your question was not about Buffy, but that is uh, that is where I think that taking these old ideas and moving them forward could work. I know that Charmed also started. I was never a fan of Charmed. I'm not excited about the new Charmed. I don't know if Charmed, if there's, you know, Charmed continued on far past the days of Buffy and Angel. And I don't know if there's even been room for nostalgia yet for Charmed. I have not felt anyone being super excited about it online, but if I'm wrong, please let me know. Um, 
So, uh, so that is it. Again, this is a Facebook uh, Q and A for the Trek Off podcast. Uh, the audio of this will be going up on Trek Off. Those of you listening to the Trek Off podcast, the audio later, I know are just going. Oh my gosh, are you going to say this over and over again? I'm going to have to because people are chiming chiming in and coming. Uh, Krypton James Robinson asks, "Thank you for being our most vocal person um, and our super fan, our uh, uh, James Robinson, who even gets a mention in the movie because he is." Awesome. Um, I have not watched Krypton. I'm not interested in Krypton at all. Uh, that's what I have to say. I don't even know if it's on yet or if it's been on. Maybe it's good. My problem is this. I really like Gotham because Gotham is such a character in the Batman mythos I know. And eventually Gotham is, if, if you watch Gotham the first season, it's about Jim Gordon. And I watched it. Uh, it was fine. Now it's about Batman. It's a Batman show. It's far. It's it's like absolutely everyone from Batman is in Gotham now, which was the right choice to make for that show. Um, I was never interested in Krypton. Krypton's the place that blew up. That's that's what Krypton is. It's like doing the Uncle Ben. It's like doing an, a show about Uncle Ben. Let's talk about Uncle Ben, not Spider Man, not Aunt May. Just it's a story of Uncle Ben and what uh, Uncle Ben was up to. I'm not interested. Um, it, maybe it's a good show. Maybe it's wonderfully acted, wonderfully written, and maybe somebody could convince me you really need to be watching this show. But there's a podcast I used to listen to. Unfortunately, it's gone now. Where they talked about the concept of primary value. What do you come to your fiction for? I come to Superman for Superman. I come to Batman for Batman, and you can get a lot of Batman just in noir. A lot of what Batman gives you, you can get in in Gotham. But Superman is about Superman doing Superman stuff, mostly on Earth with humans. So Gotham is not that at all, or Krypton is not that at all. So it's not going to hit my primary value. It's like when I go to IHOP, uh, I get pancakes. When I go to the inter International Hop Pancakes, I get pancakes. They have burgers and they have other things. I hire people say that it's okay. Um, but when I go to IHOP, I only get pancakes. I get pancakes and eggs when I go to IHOP is what I get. Because that's what the primary value of IHOP is for me. There's a great chili restaurant here in Washington, D.C. Called, called Hard Times Cafe. And it has other good things, wings, and people that really like their burgers. But I get chili there because it's what they do really well because that's my primary reason for going there. So I'm not going to go to Krypton because my primary value of Superman is to watch him be Superman. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, I Krypton is not... What I'm doing. There's a question. Have I seen Gotham by Gaslight? Gotham by Gaslight and also Gotham or, or uh, Batman Ninja are two things that have come out recently that place Batman. One places him in sort of, I guess, a, like Victorian era and another one places him in feudal Japan. Uh, these are interesting ideas, taking Batman and moving him. Um, I'm down. I have not seen them. I'm down with it as a concept. Um, I think it's really, I didn't see that episode of Sherlock where they went back and actually did a real Sherlock Holmes movie, like set in the original Sherlock times. I would love to go back and see that. I haven't watched. It'd be fun to transpose those actors playing those characters back into the times that inspired it. Um, I think it would be neat to see a Batman in the, in the thirties, like when Batman first came out. I think that would be really interesting. Like we did, we got a Captain America in the forties, right? So I think it would be neat to see Batman back in the thirties. Um, see him translate into other eras. Sure. It's a novelty, but it's not much more than a novelty. Is it? It's, it's, 
it's neat and it's a cool idea. And I guess it would rise and fall based on the quality of itself. But as a Batman story, I'm not a hundred percent sure how much I want to see it again. If I hear that it's spectacular, then I'll check it out. Uh, Stuart Foley writes, uh, that's Victorian Sherlock episode is fantastic. Yes. I, I've seen, I, I did not see the last season of Sherlock, but I saw everything up to that. I would love to see it. Um, somebody total side note wrote the other day that they heard somebody call Benedict Cumberbatch Burlington coat factory. That made me so happy. It's the greatest thing in the world that I think I've ever heard. Um, what's my thought on the killing joke? I watched a little bit of the killing joke cartoon. I wouldn't call it the animated movie, the killing joke. Um, and it was fine. It was what I saw of it seemed compelling. It's one of those situations where I think I might've been compelled by it more had I not known the comic and been influenced by the comic as much as I have. Um, the killing joke comic came out during the Batman craze of the late eighties, during which time I was in middle school. I was there pre, I mean, Batman, the 1989 Batman came out the year after seventh grade for me. And it was an incredible movie for me at the time. But beforehand, if you weren't there, you won't remember the hype. And the hype was everyone's a Batman t-shirt. Dark Knight Returns is out. Uh, Batman is a cultural phenomenon before the movie. And it's the cultural phenomenon that, that spawned the movie. But Batman was everywhere for a year beforehand, including The Killing Joke, which was a comic that I read. There's a joke in the comic where the Joker tells a joke and he goes, he goes, two men escape from an insane asylum. And I'm screwing the joke up, but I'll say it anyway. Two men escape from an insane asylum. And as they're going out, they go across the rooftop and the people are coming to catch them. And one turns on a light, a flashlight and shines it across the rooftops and says, go quick, run, run across on the beam of light. And the other guy says, that's crazy. I wouldn't do that. And the guy goes, no, you need to do that. You run across on the beam of light. And he goes, no, you think I don't know what you're trying to do? When I was halfway across, you turn off the flashlight and I would die. Now, that joke is not funny, but I told that joke when I got, quote unquote, not arrested, but when I was caught stealing chattering teeth from Bush Gardens, my, my best friend and I sat there telling that joke to each other over and over as we were terrified and we, our parents were coming to pick us up. And we told that joke to each other over and over and over again to the point where we were laughing so hard we cried. So that's from The Killing Joke. And that is always going to be a part of my heart. So seeing that they turned that into an animated film is, is cool. And I'm, I'm so, I'm so incredibly impressed by the fact that DC is killing it when it comes to putting out quality animated features, but the comic, it works so well panel to panel. The suspense of the killing joke comic, I think is going to be hard to replicate. Um, I, uh, want to say hi to uh, Jamie Sanchez. Hi, and uh, and of course Master Jenkins uh, is watching. Uh, Master Jenkins, who not only uh, was so important in the life of my, it's a quick shout out, to Master Jenkins, uh, Taekwondo uh, um, instructor from Warrenton, Virginia. If you live anywhere near there, go to uh, Karate Sports Academy, um, where he started teaching my son, whose son uh, uh, Kirk is not, not only in the ninjas movies. Um, but also it can be seen everywhere, including Avengers. I watched Avengers Infinity War again last night. Uh, we have had it on digital forever uh, since it came out. I watched it last night and I totally forgot that that Kirk, who I know is two names. I know is 
as like little Kirk, he's Joey, he's unassuming this cute little face in in Ninjas versus Monsters, who does just amazing flips. But um, but also as Mr. Kirk, uh, who was uh, my son's taekwondo, like an assistant taekwondo instructor to his dad. Um, but then I watch Black Panther run up, and who's standing next to him? I knew that he was in it, but I had forgotten. And so I see, I'm like, oh, there's Kirk. There's Mr. Kirk. This from Ninjas. He's right there. And it was so cool. It was cool to have forgotten that he was there. And then to get to remember by watching him again being there was so neat. Um, I live a privileged life in that uh, I get to know so many people doing so many cool things. So that's that. Stuart Foley asks, what's in Trekoff's future? What's on the horizon? Well, Listen, anybody who's listening to the show lately is known that we are, um, there has been a change in Alexia's recording situation, her ability to record. We record remotely. She lives in a different state than I do. We are within driving distance of each other, but we rarely get to to be together. Um, So usually we record over distance. That has become recently um she records in one area that basically has been super hot over the summer and the area where she records in her house is uh particularly loud because of the air conditioning and there was another area where she was able to record where that is now no longer conducive to recording so that being the case we have had difficulty with her schedule and my schedule in that she keeps very late nights and i normally get up very early in the morning uh eddie christie from homoville uh just joined hi eddie um uh, that has been very difficult for us to to get together and record. So that is being worked out. I was on the phone literally 45 minutes ago with her and Mr. Ray working out how to record. So we're going to get to a place where we can record again. And that is you know basically doing trek off stuff. I found an old video tonight that uh, we both look like terrible in the video. We were just having a rough day on one of the, uh, not terrible. We don't look our best. Normally we get all gussied up before we perform at a, uh, at an awesome con or something. And we didn't this time around, but the video is fun and it's super cool. And I'm thinking about like maybe finding a way to post it sometime. I would love to take some audio and animate it or sometime. I don't think there's another movie in Trek Off's future. Um, uh, the Trek Off movie has found an interesting fan, fan base uh, over the couple years it's been out i still get emails from it um but it just never quite like picked up the way the ninjas movies did i really thought it did i really thought it would i really thought there would be a place in the world for a dirty star trek podcast movie um it's a movie that i would watch and people have found it and the people who found it i am so excited for having found it but uh but that movie was so hard to make that movie was enormous there's a there's an 18 hour version of that movie that nobody wants to see um, maybe I'll just release that one day. Here's 18 hours of Trek off. Boom. Here's the rough cut of Trek off. Enjoy it. It's 18 hours long. Maybe one day I do that. But other than that, I don't think that there's, um, there's more visual Trek off coming. There's, I, I'll do Trek off till I die. Um, as long as LXC is willing to do it with me. Um, uh, I love doing this. I love talking to you guys. I love the feedback that I get. Um, I love looking at, how many, like, it's amazing. There are, there are episodes that get a thousand downloads in six days. Um, I know that's not, you know, 20,000. There've been episodes that have gotten more than have gotten a few thousand over time. I know that's not the same as somebody gets a million, but the idea of the, the population of my high school listening, um, uh, is, is amazing to me. Uh, so I am, I am thrilled to do the show. Uh, James Robinson wrote, the Trek off movie has a place in my heart. And yes, I would watch 18 hours of it. You only say that because you've seen the two best hours of it. <coughs> Keep in mind when it was 18 hours, I only cut out the stuff that I think people wouldn't like. 
Um, so I can guarantee there, there are probably 10 hours of it that you just would not want to watch. Maybe there's eight hours that might be fun. Um, but part of the reason the movie works is because of all the trimming. There's so for those of you who don't know the story of how the Trek off movie, um, became the version that it is. There was a, an 18 hour version, then a 12 hour version, then an eight hour version of it. But I was stuck right around 12 hours when we had the big, uh, the big blizzard here in Washington, DC. And I got stuck in a hotel room with three days and a laptop and an 18 hour version of the movie. And I cut it down to three hours during that storm. It was just me and a, uh, just me and a bottle of Jameson's and nothing but snow and nothing but time to turn that movie into the Trekoff movie that you see now. Jerry Moore from Monster Madhouse says hi. Jerry and I have enjoyed um, in the past months a, a staggering amount of debate. Uh, and it's good to see your face, Jerry. Uh, um, you will always be awesome. And, and the guitar we... You know, my favorite thing about Jerry... Uh, is uh he's in Jerry is the guy who who uh we have a conversation about a Star Trek dick fight um in the movie but uh that's not Jerry to me Jerry is uh is a guitar wielding monster from Monster Madhouse in Ninjas versus Monsters I just love that somebody fights with a guitar um in Ninjas versus Monsters and let me tell you why there's a movie if you've never seen it called Slumber Party Massacre 2 uh um Slumber Party Massacre 2 is a horror movie where the bad guy um, goes and it's, he goes around with an electric guitar with a drill on the end and he only turn and he kills people with the drill. And the only way he kills them with the drill on the end when he's, he strums the guitar, so the guitar goes and then the, the, the drill on the end. The first one is not very good. It's just about a guy with the drill who, who kills slumber party. And I, I mean, eh, whatever, but this one is so over the top. There's a point where he, 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 he strums it and he goes, and the drill on the end goes, and he tries to kill someone. They get away. And he looks right at the camera and he goes, I can't get no satisfaction. I was like, this is the greatest movie. I was probably 11 when I saw this film. I was like, this is the greatest movie I have ever seen. So, uh, so that is Slumber Party Massacre 2. Uh, uh, have uh, James Robinson uh, comes in and says uh, um, that he still wants to see the 18-hour version of Trackhop. I don't know, guys. Making that putting that out it's like it's like warts and all it's like coming out without your makeup on um it's it's not all good guys i wish i could say it's all good it's not all good there are people who don't even like the hour and a half of trek off that's out there but the it's not all good there's there's a lot of i don't know it might be fun maybe just I put on Amazon prime and just like put out a warning in front of like, Hey, this is the 18 hour version of Trek off. If you just want something to go to sleep to, you want something to keep you company. Here's this film. Let's just put it straight out what it is. Like, maybe that's the movie trailer for it. Like in a world where you have a Trek off movie, that's really entertaining. Here's the Trek off movie. That's just kind of there to keep you company. So welcome to 18 hours of pretty much just hanging out. Cause that's pretty much all it is. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know the, I learned a lot about making a documentary in doing that movie. I thought Trekoff was supposed to be the easy movie. That's the thing. I just made ninjas versus monsters and ninjas versus monsters was a tough shoot. I did not have a very good time shooting it, although I'm incredibly proud of the movie, but that movie was really hard to make. 
and the effort shows the movie is is for a film made for less than like twenty thousand dollars that film looks spectacular for the budget that it had um but it was hard so i was like i'm gonna do something easy and i'm just gonna carry around cameras and Alexei and I are just going to shoot ourselves doing stuff and we'll turn that to a truck off movie. Yay. And instead it was like three hours of my life. Like constantly all I did or thought about was let's do this. When we would go to an awesome con, I would go and have to shoot it. And it became all encompassing to the point where it was just overwhelming. And it felt like, you know, it, it felt like that bit in family guy. How's it going when you're going to get that novel finish? Hmm? Um, so, so by the end, I had spent like three years putting the movie together and I was just glad to be done with it because I didn't let my, myself pursue my music or writing screenplays or doing anything because I had to finish Trek off. I have been um, so free since then to, you know, since Trek off's been done, I've been able to, you know, make rap songs and put them out and, and do drawings. And, and I wrote three quarters of one screenplay that I'm still working on is going to be very big. And I am now almost done with a, another screenplay. That's going to be little that we're actually going to shoot. So that is, that is the, the value of having that off my shoulders to do another would be really hard. I'd love to do a Trek off performance piece, you know, like maybe like a Netflix comedy show where we do like shoot three, but I'd want somebody else to shoot it and I'd want somebody else to direct it. And, and I like, we just perform and we cut it together to something that might be fun um, to do like a series of things. Again, that is down the road. Maybe I'm not going to say never, uh, but, uh, but that is the, the, the long version of the answer to your question. What's up for Trek off Trek off. We will continue to try every 10 days or so to put out a podcast to get you through your day. Um, hell or high water. Sometimes we go two, three weeks. Sometimes we do it every four or five days, but we're going to do our very best to try and give you a Trek off podcast. That is going to be the goal of, uh, of Trek off. Uh, James Robinson writes, I would love to see Trek off in the UK. Jerry Moore writes, looking forward to your new and upcoming projects. This new thing that I'm doing is, is so small and intimate. Um, I'm really looking forward to doing it. It's, it's not in any way marketable, I'll submit it to festivals and stuff, um, but it's really quality. It's really something very interesting, something I haven't seen done before, uh, and I'm excited. It's definitely my voice in the same way that Ninjas is my voice, but it's 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 something different. And you know what I want to do? You know what I really want to do? I want to do, eventually, a full-on horror movie. I've not done it since I was in college. I recently put out a trailer for this movie that I made in college in 1994. I made it between 1994 and 1995. And essentially the story of that is I had a terrible breakup and not knowing how to deal with the crushing weight of heartbreak, I wrote a script called Bleeding Hearts about how love equals death. And that I eventually shot and became a movie I named very cleverly Deliver Us From Evil, which there have been a thousand movies since then with that name. I cut it together, never got any, you know, I used modern music without any licenses, put it together, it was made all on VHS. I can never put it out anywhere in full because it is, you know, I don't have the licenses for the music in it, so I can never actually put it out. Um, so that being said, I cut a trailer for it the other day because I was like, maybe I can just at least show what I was going for. And for the people who were in it all those years ago, maybe it would be fun for them to be able to see what, 
that, that it exists, that they can show their friends. And it's had a few hundred views. I can be excited that, you know, it's not like, it, again, thousands of views, but it's cool that people have actually watched that trailer. Um, it's on my Facebook feed if you want to see it. Uh, that made me go, gosh, that would be fun to just go all out, do a Splatterfest slasher film. I would love to do it. Um, but I'm not there yet. Uh, maybe when my kids get a little older, I just kind of don't. I'm not in a place. I want to do a couple of other things yet first, but I, I do want to do, because ninjas, the first ninjas versus zombies had some horror, there are horror elements to it, but I would love to just go all out and do it. It'd be fun to explore the darker part of my psyche just for once, just to like fully go there, but I'm not there yet. So that's uh that's story. Um, Jerry Moore says I have Shatner clips. I would love to see Shatner clips. Interestingly, we're coming up on Halloween and somebody put a picture of the unaltered Michael Myers mask, which of course, as many people know, is a mask of William Shatner. Um, that is uh, something I would also be interested to, 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 I, I'm not even, don't even know what I'm saying. I was fascinated to see those two next to each other. Once you see them next to each other, the Shatner mask from Halloween and William Shatner next to each other, it is clear that it is the same and you can't unsee it. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee that that is in fact William Shatner. Um, so I'm excited about that. So we are uh, coming to the close of our solo truck off here. We've talked about uh, Discovery, Doctor Who, Buffy. We've talked about uh, the role of Buffy in female empowerment. We've talked about William Shatner. We've talked about ninjas. We've talked about the Trek off movie. We've talked about, we've talked about a lot guys. In a very short amount of time, we've covered a lot of ground. I want to thank uh, James Robinson, super friend James Robinson, for for uh, being part of this. Jerry Moore, of course, uh, Trek Yards coming in saying hi. Good to see other people who've uh, who've chimed in and been part of this uh, wonderful thing. Uh, hey, feel free to contact me on on Twitter at Ninja Director is me on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I've been ranting politically a lot lately. I probably still will. So if that's not your thing. You know, it's, we can communicate in other ways. I don't tend to do that very much on Twitter, so you can contact me uh, there. Uh, of course, the Trek Out podcast feed is also a way for you to contact me and Alexia. Um, we look forward to hearing you. I love you guys so much for being part of this. Um, uh, thank you so much for being part of Trek Off. And for now, as uh, as Trek Off would say, or as Trek Off, as Alexia would say, uh, Trek Off. I can't say she says Trek Off, bitches. I can never get myself to say it. So Trek Off, nice people. <laughs> Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it. If you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.